to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane, the Bruce Willis head. Okay. Uh, Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games, where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and play some games sometimes. Uh, Dane, Bruce Willis head, what are we talking about tonight? Well, today we are talking about uh, describing the scene, doing a little tips and tricks about uh, setting the right atmosphere, keeping it going, keeping players and uh, the game master immersed. Um, I mean, the the world outside might be very different than the world inside uh, your heads. Um, so here's some tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. For describing the scene and just descriptions in general, I guess. <laughs> right? So, uh, we're going to... You didn't say why you were Bruce Willis head. Well, you know, it was going to come up naturally. Okay. So, uh, just wait for it. <laughs> wait for it. Um, wait for it. All right. So, we're going to start with uh, the reason behind descriptions. Yeah. Descriptors themselves. Mm-hmm. The words you use to describe. Levels of detail. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to call it back. Yeah. To some... Uh, well, yeah. The yeah, idea we'll the idea of callbacks in description. That's a, as a tool. So we get all through those. Okay. So the reason behind description. Right. Why would you even try to describe something? Well, we have some stuff here. But uh, basically... You have to, right? Like, folks folks can't see into each other's imagination. You're all sitting down to play something imaginary. Not yet. Together. No, not without, you know, intracranial chips and shit, probably. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you sit down, play a game. You have to be able to communicate to your players, like, well, where they are. What is the environment that they're in? And... The whole concept yeah, of, the, like, uh, of them theater being, of the mind, yeah. right? Being being imaginary characters in some imaginary place, they gotta have some... They gotta have some thing Context that they can like mentally hook on to where they are and what they what their character can uh interact with or mm. you know see and how it looks inside everyone's head is probably very different people imagine things differently people will probably have different versions of you know if you say like a beach Everyone knows what a right. beach is, but is it's it going to look like beach? you know different to is different it a people, rocky beach? and and stuff like that. It needs to be at least clear enough so that uh, you know, even though everyone is going to have a different mental picture of it, right? It needs to be clear enough that um, nobody is somewhere different, you know. Like when you start playing and describing where you are. Everyone needs to be in the same place. You, it, it, it doesn't work if someone thinks they're somewhere else from the rest of the party. Right? Sure. Of course. So, right. also, that's the it, reason why you got to get good at, like, using descriptive language. I think that's, like, the base level of you need to be able to describe 
a room so everybody mm. understands that they're in the same room. I think the the level above that is it's makes it more immersive, a richer role playing experience if you can actually imagine that you're there. Right. And to be clear, that is specifically what we're going to be talking about tonight. We kind of assume that uh, you know that you know how to describe that, like you're an, in an indoor, you know, rectangular room, and there are windows and doors, that sort of thing. Um, what we're talking about is how to take something like that and elevate it. You know, some degree. Take it to that next level. Yeah. Right. Using descriptors yeah. right so what we have i think this is going on the board mm -hmm. right don't describe i know we just said that word a lot yeah, we're... but on the board don't describe evoke mm -hmm. and this isn't a this isn't a writing class or an english class so we're gonna like we're gonna say both of these words and we're gonna mix some of these words up that's the point but the the idea of evocation versus description yeah, you're going to be using words to describe stuff. But what you're trying to do is evoke feelings and sensations with your language so that your players and the characters that they're imagining have some, uh, some like, some tactile some and, yeah, some, some actual connection to the scene that you're describing to the environment that they are imaginarily occupying right and that goes players can also do this as well to help other players uh with you know their character or the game master understands the player's character this isn't just game master stuff we're talking about mm -hmm. uh so how do you make how do you evoke emotion and connection by using words, right? Well, touchstone, having a touchstone for your reference is always is always a good thing. Um, right, if you're trying to describe a certain type of forest, right, like uh, if you have seen a movie or maybe you've been to, uh, you know, this forest and that's what you want to describe, you know, there's, you have that in your mind's eye and you think about all your um, connections and associations to that, and then you can try to explain those. Mm -hmm. And a touchstone or reference, um, something in common. I don't think it's like, again, we said this isn't a writing class. We're talking about running a role-playing game. It would be a bad novel if the description was like, it's kind of like this forest in real life over in this part of the world that I've been to. But I don't think that's a bad way to do it when you're talking about a touchstone. Like, you say, like, it looks like this scene from this movie, kind mm -hmm. of. And as long as that is at least, like, somewhat common to your players, I think that's a great way to, you know, that's a great way to start with your description if and to start hits, setting the scene. If it hits, it hits. You'd be like, it looks like, you know, it looks like the dead marshes from uh, um, from Lord of the Rings. And most people, especially if they're playing a fantasy RPG with you, they'll be like, yeah, okay, I've seen that. I can imagine that. And then you go on from there. Then you use, you know, some more words to kind of bring them in. But 
that is that's our first, I guess, tip. Well, yeah, so first, you, like, you, you know, have your actionable piece of advice. Yeah, is like have some sort of touchstone for where you're going to be. Right. So how do you how do you describe you know this touchstone? Right. So uh, you know the whole point of a thesaurus. Right. Big word, ten dollar mm-hmm. word there. Uh, a bunch of different words for the same thing. Yeah. That right? essentially mean the same thing. Because English is fucking stupid like that. Like it has so many words that mean the same thing, mm-hmm. but they're always a little slightly different. They yep. Bring in individuals like associations, right? So, like cold. Well, we all can imagine what cold is, but there are many different types of cold. There's also different like degrees of experiencing cold. I'm a shorts and winter still kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean I don't know what cold is, but like you say, like oh, it's cold out. It's like hoodie weather. Well, some people might prefer to wear a hoodie in the summer. They don't care. It's not about a temperature thing. So getting precise and it's it's not always great to just like pull open a thesaurus and rattle off synonyms. You wouldn't want to do that if you were trying to describe how cold something was. But you... Well, you're you trying know. to evoke stuff, right? Yeah. So, you know, use the five, the six senses, right? You know, touch, taste, sound, smell, sight, and ghost. Ghost. Bruce Willis was a ghost the whole time. Okay. That's a <laughs> real fucking deep pull. Also, is he a ghost or is he just dead? I don't say the word ghost. He was do both. They? The kids saw dead people. Right. He saw ghosts. I guess they were ghosts. Yeah, I, you got there. Just I, kidding. I forgot there about isn't, that. There isn't a sixth sense. But it hit me like a Except straight for... golf ball. <laughs> Except for sometimes there's a sixth sense. Um, uh-huh. No, so use the senses right. and in combination with your thesaurus. Right. Right. So cold, cold sometimes has a smell. Yeah. It like, cold, has... cold on its own is kind of a weak mm. word with nothing else. But find the, uh, find the sensory associations with cold. It... Um... You know, you step outside and like, oh, it like it hurts your skin a little bit, or mm. you know, you can see your breath. Yeah, breathing that... in hurts your lungs. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, instead of saying, oh yeah, it's cold out, you're like, you guys step out of the tavern, you know, into the night to start your adventure, and immediately your breath clouds in your face, and you feel the sting of the night air, how cold it is. You, that's what you're doing. You're you're telling them how they feel, how they experience how cold it is, rather than just, like, saying it's cold. Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit like writing advice, the sort of, you know, show-don't-tell. But it's different, because you are telling them. You're telling them what they feel, not just, like, oh, it's cold out. Like, the temperature is this. That's not very evocative. No. Attach it to their senses, to their experience. Right. So, like, we have, we, to think about it better, we kind of broke it down in this table. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we think when you're describing stuff, you have a subject, right? It could be the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. It could be NPCs, whatever. It could be a character in this world, right? They are shivering because of the cold, mm-hmm. right, as an example. Um, it can also be, the subject could also be location or environment, like, there is frost forming 
on the the plants. Yeah. Something like that. Um, right, because character or subjects, character, location, environment, description, and then your emotion that you're trying to evoke. Mm-hmm. Emotion or or sense. Yeah. Right. Your the association that you're trying to make. Right. So that like that kind of like uh, sharp, cold scent of a pine forest. You're like it hurts to breathe in a little bit, and that uh, that like really crisp air, you know, that you smell outdoors when it's really cold out. How they experience it, we're real focused on cold. Maybe yeah. we, let's let's, well, let's let's explore let's, something different. Uh, a shifty NPC. Okay, yeah, this is good because this is the same thing, or like you want to use the same techniques, but you can't do it the same way because we're not talking about the weather. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the environment. We're so how do we describe a guy who is shifty? Well, the same way we still want to, you know, evoke their senses, but. Not just like, oh, he looks shifty. Like, right. we get a little more we, into it than that. We think that uh, sight is, well, it's the most relied on. As humans, you know, we're all about the sight. Yeah. Right? But it is also the, like, least emotionally connective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, well, one of my friends told me that uh, the smell to memory is, like, the strongest and oldest of, like, the, the human senses. So, like... We have more memories of smell. I've heard that from a lot of, you know, various sources. Some just like, oh, and passing on a TV show and you wouldn't take that to science class. But I've also read other things where they talk about and people talk about like olfactory memory triggers and stuff, stuff you didn't remember. So if you can, if you can associate, um... If you can associate their experience with one of the other senses besides just, like, mm-hmm. how something looks. Because it's also, in addition to being, we think, the least emotionally evocative, it's also the most subjective. Because everyone sees everything mm-hmm. all the time. And if you say, you know, like, oh, there's a shifty-looking, you know, character in an alley, that would probably that do would the job. That get your point across. Right? But everyone is going to have a different idea slightly different idea of what that is based on their personal experience and prejudices and where they grew up and you know what media they've been watching what is a shifty character in the last tv show they watched versus you know someone else has been reading something different so things like sound and smell Mm -hmm. like they they're constantly like clicking their teeth like uh you know they they're hiding something yeah and you know, you hear that or like, you know, you smell something weird, like, I don't know, maybe like a smell associated with something that happened previously in the adventure. Formaldehyde or something. Something like, like, why am I smelling this right now? Why are you outside? But maybe this adventure has something to do with like, you know, the morgue or like a Frankenstein situation and scent as a, uh, scent as a descriptor. We'll do a lot more to tie together to like unify the vision that your party has of what you're trying to describe than just visual description. And you shouldn't like you shouldn't try to hit all five senses at once. No. And like because then you just, we recommend you know, against that. rattling off yeah you know thesaurus again. 
And if you right. if you do that, if you have a checklist of like touch, this is what it feels like, this is what it tastes like, this is what it sounds like, this is what it smells like, this is what it looks like. If you do that for everything, then you know you're going to get stuck in that. And suddenly hitting those bullet points is going to be more important than actually achieving what you're going for. So, yeah. Don't try and don't try and give them a laundry list yeah, of a descriptor of for every sense. Just like the ones you tell right. them what they see and then add to that. Mm. Because less is more in this um, situation where you're trying to evoke things, mm-hmm. right? You know, you you try to get, you know, the evocation out there, and then you should let it kind of, you know, ruminate and um, sink in, right? So, like, if you do it good, you don't need to go on and spend 20 minutes of just Game Master talking about, you know, this one forest. If you hit a couple points boom, you're moving on in gameplay and, you know, continuing in immersion. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think trying to hit that, the formula of, like, you have your subject, you have your sense, and then, like, what's the connector there? Like, what are you trying to evoke? Yeah. That's kind of what we, we recommend. And... So, you know, some of the things that you're going to achieve through this. Uh, So we recommend you don't want to hit all five senses, but you do want to associate senses with whatever you're trying to describe. This is going to make it easier for you to remind your players of stuff. If you have just like a thing, like let's go back to the cold thing real quick, because that's easy. Uh, You go outside and you have like two sense things that define that environment for them like they can see their breath and like their hair stand and, up. and their skin and like it hurts a little bit because it's you know and, and then you go inside into the tavern right and immediately like you start sweating because you're in your you know you're in your cold weather gear and in the tavern it's crowded and there's a fire burning and stuffy and and so you can immediately play off what you initially set up like you gave them some sensory stuff that let them know the environment that they were previously in and then you change those things for the new environment and then when they're done in the tavern they go back outside in the cold you already know the thing you remind them of that you're like okay now you put your furs you all put your furs back on because immediately when you step out big clouds of steam from your breath and your exposed skin it bites from the cold again makes it easier to um, to affect transitions between environments or, uh, you know, to bring a new character back in. You're like, oh, I smell that formaldehyde again. And it's this weirdo. He's back. Wants to talk to you guys. And immediately, they, you know, because you've associated it with senses, their memories will, you know, fill in, fill in the, the description. Details. Right, so you don't need to keep... You know, describe spending five minutes on descriptions because you've already hit you know some emotional triggers and yeah. then it's just real quick to transition. Yeah. All right. So let's let's talk about detail. I think yeah we can move on to detail. So like we were saying, less is more in mm-hmm. most cases. 
Um, you want to hit a couple things and then let the imagination take over, right? Because you're you're hitting on these associations that people have with their senses, yeah, right? And those are very hard to like replicate person to person. Uh, one of the great examples, well, from books, The Expanse talks about this in a really cool way. I think. we love The Expanse. Uh, the little the Miller puppet is talking to Holden about uh-huh. why Holden's the only one who can see him. And he's like, yeah, I'm playing with your brain, mm-hmm. and that's extremely hard because you know all your history and past experiences play into that. So, like, you see a flower, right? It could remind you of so many different things that are totally different than what a, another person thinks right. of when they see a flower. And the simulation of just, like, Describing a flower, conjuring the image of a flower in a person's brain cascades in a hundred directions based on connotations. Right. So you want to you want to be evocative, but also kind of vague. Right. So like, you know, you hit on a sense and, you know, let's come up with another example besides cold and a shifty guy. Um, What about. I don't know, an aura of like goodness or contentment, right? So that one's a pretty hard one um, because that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, right? But, um, you know, you can hit on some things like, you know, the light is pleasant. It doesn't, it's not too bright and it's Mm -hmm. not dark. You know, like a bright, clear day, for me, that's hit, you know, that hits contentment, right? You know, you've got the green grass, the blue sky, but it's not like, oh, I need my shades. Yeah. And maybe, maybe throw in a temperature, like you know it's sunny out, but you know you're not you're not feeling this heat of the sun. You're just, and mm-hmm. then you know stop, and then let it run. Yeah, because human imagination will fill in a lot of the gaps when describing characters. You know, you're like, oh, it's like a rich guy, you know, in a in a fantasy town. They're like, oh, he's got. Uh, like brightly colored, you know, velvets and 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 like gold trim on his clothes. Stop there, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Save those details for critical elements. So, like maybe this rich guy mm-hmm. is very important. He's the like the guy the party's been searching for. Yeah. Right. So, like all the rich people in this town, he's wearing gold chains and velvet. Mm-hmm. But he also has like a brooch that signifies him as like the treasurer of the town, which yeah. is who you need to talk and to. And whatever symbol that may be, mm-hmm. you know, is a little uh, little key or something. He, he's wearing a little like decorative brooch with a with a key symbol. And that's it. You know, he's wearing the same rich clothes as everybody else. You describe that once mm-hmm. and only to the level of detail that, you know, human imagination can fill in the rest. Maybe throw in another sense, like the the perfume that the rich guys wear, so that they don't smell like the street gutters. And then, yeah, save any greater detail for only things that are going to be like quest critical, or you know, clues that could come back later on. Right, like uh, maybe you're in the forest looking for like a predator, like you know a bear monster has been terrorizing the town, and you're trying to find its lair. Right, you can describe the forest, but you know 
keep it keep it a little vague but then like at the lair it's like a deep dark hole it smells of rotting flesh you can hear you know chewing noises coming from the hole and then your players will automatically pick up and be like okay this is the lair. It's yeah. not just some random hole in the ground. This has something to do with what we're doing because we were hunting a monster and now we hear like monster bone crunching sounds in there. Details. Your players will hold on to details. I think that's yeah. the key. Like we don't have a bullet here for mm-hmm. this, but if you have... We can put that on the board. Yeah. If you have a very detailed description for most of the NPCs in you know whatever adventure you're running... Probably doing too much. You're probably doing too much, first of all. Second of all, you're you're setting yourself up for hardship because if you set up any sort of uh, intrigue or, like, mystery or mistrust, then they're going to be fixated on detail mm-hmm. to the point where... Like, you describe this guy's belt, and, you know, oh, he's got, like, a wolf's head belt buckle. If that's not a part, if that's not, like, a crucial aspect of who he is or, like, has something to do with the story, probably don't describe his appearance in that level of detail. That level of granularity leads to your players taking notes on everyone's fucking belt buckles and then you're like, shit, I didn't think about what everyone's belt buckle. And you have to, like, either tell them straight out. That's Don't worry un- about the belt buckle. That's an unimportant detail. Don't get hung up on that. Or you have to, we said this a while ago, some episodes back. If you, you know, if you do it once, you're going to have to do it consistently. Again. So if you're not prepared to... If you're not prepared to describe in that level of detail anybody they run into, then probably just don't say the first place. important people. Yeah. Right. So that I think transitions very well into the next point about callbacks, mm-hmm. right? So if you just if you set a precedent for a level of detail, right, it's going to become precedent, and then. You're going to probably get mired into the weeds about now I need to describe everything in this level of detail, mm-hmm. right? Which, like, you know, it should be, like, what you describe should affect everything the characters do, right? Like, you describe the weather, right? If it's nice sunny day, then, like, they're probably feeling good and they can probably hike a longer than if it was raining, know, and, raining yeah. or super hot. Yeah. Right, so you want to rem- keep reminding them of the the setting, you know, the atmosphere, the things that you've already set up with your previous descriptions. You want to keep those going, right? So, like, you know, if it's a hot summer day, oh, it's been several hours since you, you know, since we stopped and had a rest. You guys are thirsty because it's so hot. Remember how hot it was when you started? It's still hot. Yeah. Dead air, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Okay. Round of applause. Environment. Sorry. I'm going through it. The environment should affect everything your characters do. Periodically remind your players of the senses in your description. That's and this so this goes back to what you're gonna achieve if you have a couple descriptors that evoke 
senses or emotions, you can keep going back to that. And it's easier, once you've already set it up, it's easier to get that evocation with just a quick word like, you know, oh, it's already set up that it was hot. And yeah. like, you're sweating, doing nothing. So like, after a combat, your hands are like mm. super sweaty and like your weapon doesn't, you know, you're it's struggling to hold on to your weapon because it's so sweaty. And, you know, that can lead into like, you know, critical fails. Well, you know, oh, you crit, you, you know, crit failed. The weapon slipped out of your hand because it's so sweaty. Yeah. And you use, use the things that you've been describing, the um, the environmental, you know, touchstones that you've established and the sensory evocations that you're using. I I love when stuff like that falls into yeah, your lap. like comes into play and you're like, well, it makes sense. Yeah, the gun jammed because we're in like a dusty desert. And, you know, everything is all, everything's all choked with sand. Yeah. And so when a character rolls a crit fail and it just kind of leads directly into environmental description or, you know, whatever. uh, Yeah. Environmental description in that case, Mm -hmm. if it leads directly into that and you're like, well. I've said this several times, how, like, everyone is wearing scarves and it's hot out and every, everything's sweaty and you've got, like, dust and grime stuck to you. And it totally makes sense why maybe your gun would jam because it's got a bunch of sand and grit in it right now. You do that work ahead of time by using evocative descriptors, then... That stuff is just waiting in the wings for you as you, uh, you know, narrate combat or, yeah. you know, narrate some other encounter. doesn't have to be combat. There could be, you know. It could be, you know, back to the, the shifty guy. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you roll, like, a, a nat 20 on, like, a perception check. And you're like, yeah. So remember how this guy was, like, always, like, clicking his teeth? Like, he had more to say? Well, like you notice that he's, like, holding a knife in his sleeve mm-hmm. ready to slit your guy's and throat. Just, like, always clicking like it in and out of the sheath. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, if you've established how cold it is outside and you're, you know, crossing, you're traveling through a forest in the winter, and then they meet some dude who's sweating visibly. Like, hmm, what, Interesting. Yeah, what's going on with him? The being able to being able to like fly in the face of something you've already established is a great way to communicate that there's like something different about this to your players or something not right about this guy or, mm-hmm. you know, there's something interesting nearby. Like why is the snow melted around here? Well, maybe there's a hot springs and a cavern underneath the cabin. Right. So, you know, it's all about setting that up you know, ahead of time with your... Because right, that only works if you've yeah, done a good job yeah. describing the forest in wintertime. And... Right. But it's a great tool in the Game Master's toolbox and in the player's, you know, toolbox as well to, like, keep the immersion and keep the atmosphere going of, like, oh, this is a... This could be a reason, you know, something that was described before is a reason for what's happening now, right? Oh, I failed my, you know, attack roll. 
because it's hot or it's cold mm-hmm. or I was distracted by like the the fragrant smell like you know the lilac and gooseberries you know stuff from the witcher um mm-hmm. you know so it doesn't always have to be you know an environmental hazard that's causing this stuff no but you know, it could be a distraction because of a smell right and as long as you've as long as you've done a good job establishing what it is in the first place you have a couple things that you can always return to a couple brief like a two sentence mantra almost to remind players of what it's like in this environment or who this character like what they think or what they see when they see this character as long as you have that then it's real easy to change things about it to communicate what you want yeah yeah what or you know communicate the, whatever the next folk. thing yeah. is um yeah so i mean i think you know, that covers, uh, you know, why we call back. So, you know, descriptions, they help you immerse in the world because it could be totally different than what's happening outside your window. Mm-hmm. So you got to work a little extra to be like, oh, it's cold. I know it's summer right now when we're all sweating, sitting in this hot room. But like in the game, it's cold. Yeah. Right. Well, don't just say it's cold. Use use your senses. Right, evoke stuff. Use a vocation. Don't describe. Evoke. It's on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then less is more in most cases. You don't need to go into detail about every little belt buckle. In fact, you probably shouldn't. Right. Save those details for the critical elements. Like, yes, this guy's belt buckle. I'm going to describe it because it's important mm-hmm. later. Right? Or. A, a twitch that he has, a, a yeah. fidget that he has. Like, oh, he's always got, you know, like one hand. In his pocket. In his pocket or like inside his cloak. You know, what's he got there? That sort of thing. Don't do that for everybody. Everybody in real life has little things like that. Mm-hmm. Every NPC in your game probably does too if they were real, but don't pay attention to them. Right? Because it's all set up for the callback. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's... It's always, you know, it's going on. Just because it was hot in the morning doesn't mean it's changed necessarily. It could be. That mm-hmm. could be a thing. But, you know, <laughs> if it's hot, it's hot and it's always going to be hot until the game master decides it's not. That player or that NPC is going to be shifty probably because they're going to do something shifty later, mm-hmm. right? So you set that up to call back to it later which keeps immersion and keeps your players, you know, in there, in the right headspace, you know, feeling those emotions that we're so often trying to mm-hmm. evoke. Trying to evoke emotion uh, and believability and immersion and whatnot. Yeah. So hopefully you got some tips. Yeah. It was a little meandering, but uh, I think we hit our... We always are. I think we hit our main points and... This yeah, this is just stuff we've been thinking about. Hopefully it helps you. Um, and if you like that, head on over to... If you like what you just heard, head over to 2HGM.com where you'll find more stuff. Obviously, the rest of our podcast catalog. Um, True. We had some, some uh, extra stuff there, though. Uh, some, like, dungeon creator sheets and... Mm-hmm. Um, 
kind of just burying the lead there. Afterlife, yeah. we made That's a whole fucking game system. That's the first thing that you'll see. Our original post-apocalyptic fantasy role-playing setting with, uh, you know, fully illustrated, full-color rule set, adventures, character creation, it's there. Uh, link will take you to DriveThruRPG. You can get a PDF or a printed copy. You get the printed copy, you get the PDF for free, so you can share that with your friends. Game Master, get the P- the the printed copy. Yeah, Game Master, get the book, share the PDF with your players. Start running an afterlife apocalypse adventure. And uh, you could also find us on Patreon, mm-hmm. or uh, the link is on the website. Um, but to become a patron, get access to our Discord where we do live events, mm-hmm. and sometimes we record episodes live, and you can hear them first on Discord. Stuff ahead of time. Uh, our Halloween event is coming up. That's that is true. One of our that's our perennial. Is perennial right? Annual. 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 Uh, whatever. Yeah. It happens we, you know every what? We Halloween. We do it every year on Halloween. We have an adventure. We do a spooky. And uh, we also, um, we invite our patrons and friends of the podcast to participate live on, on Discord, Discord when that is going on. So, do that. Check that out. And join us next time for another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Uh, thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of the song Pondello's Finest as the intro and outro to our show. We'll see you next time. See you next time.